Welcome to Talk for 12, a podcast hosted by the women at Orange Evangelical Church. These 12-minute episodes teach from God's Word and encourage and equip women in their daily walk with Jesus. Guess what? It's term four. It's nearly Christmas. Did you just gasp with excitement or inwardly groan? This week, we are starting a two-part series thinking about preparing for Christmas. Jill is joining us to start the conversation about what makes good Christmas traditions. Thanks, Sue Ellen. Truth be told, I love Christmas time. The carols in all the shops, houses lit up with lights and inflatables, gift buying, food and friends. I love that for a moment, it's almost tolerable to talk about Jesus outside of church. And I especially love remembering God's grace, the birth of the Son of God in a backwater barn for the salvation of the world has nothing to do with my good deeds and everything to do with God's unfathomable, bottomless love. There are stresses and end-of-year busyness that make Christmas hard. I've even noticed a bit of a cultural trend towards opting out of Christmas because of the frenetic activities that make December hard. One of the strategies that's helpful for anxiety is rather than avoiding what is uncomfortable or wishing ourselves somewhere else, is to be intentional about what we're doing. So as I approach this Christmas season, I want to be intentional in enjoying and celebrating God's goodness to me, to our world in Jesus. And I want to help my family be anchored in God's goodness. And I want to share God's goodness with as many people as possible. I think If we're not intentional, even in small ways, other less noble traditions will compete for our attention and will be planted and growing. And that might be buying more stuff or rushing or being worried. Early on in my parenting life, I read the book Disciplines of a Godly Family by Kent and Barbara Hughes. And I've always remembered the story of the Stones of Remembrance. In the Bible, early in the book of Joshua, the Israelites finally cross the Jordan River into the Promised Land. Miraculously, God parts the water of the river so the people and the Ark of the Covenant can cross. God instructs Joshua to have the people take stones from the river and pile them up at Gilgal. In Joshua 4, Joshua says to the people of Israel, When your children ask their fathers in times to come, what do these stones mean? Then you shall let your children know. Israel passed over this Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan for you until you passed over, as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which he dried up for us until we passed over, so that all the peoples of the earth may know that the hand of the Lord is mighty, that you may fear the Lord your God forever. I can think of items in my home that are awkward, old, impractical or ugly, but I've kept them there in view because they remind me of something precious. Maybe it's a photo or a fridge magnet or a ticket stub. The kids might say, why do you keep this? And I say, don't you remember that time that we... The Gilgal stones in Joshua reminded Israel of their special relationship with God. He is faithful and he is mighty and he is on their side. The message of the stones is to be handed down from generation to generation. The Latin for handover is the root of our word tradition. Jewish festivals and repeated words and stories recalled their covenant with God, that they were to love the Lord their God with all their heart, soul, mind 
This pattern continues with Jesus. He uses the Passover tradition to wash the disciples' feet and show them how he had become their sacrificial lamb. The early church tradition as well passed down trustworthy sayings that became creeds and confessions that have lasted thousands of years. The story of Jesus' birth is a story we tell again and again because it reminds us of the heart of the gospel. God stepped down from heaven to be with us, his enemies. Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. So like a pile of river rocks tells Israel's covenant story, could our Christmas traditions, the things we do over and over and pass down to generations, help us remember gospel truths? What traditions do you have that help you think about the majesty of God at Christmas? Maybe you've done lots of things and you've been really deliberate, or maybe you've never thought much about it. The traditions of my family have evolved over time, and no doubt they'll keep on changing, but I think there's a few core things that have been helpful in helping us remember God's story is so much better than the Christmas the world celebrates. My first tradition is church. We celebrate Christmas and the weeks leading up to Christmas with our church family. It's a gift to be part of a church that helps set these family traditions for us. We share God's grace and we can remind each other of his goodness. We can invite others to church and to gatherings with our Christian extended family. Second, the Bible. By November, my Bible reading can look a bit lacklustre. The Advent season can be a chance to start something new. Last year, our household read along with OEC's devotions written by people from our church family. Before that, I enjoyed Christopher Ash's devotional, Repeat the Sounding Joy. He explains that Advent means waiting and that remembering the coming of Jesus as a baby at Christmas helps us long for his return in power and glory. So I see Advent is a chance to take up the Bible again. It's also a great chance to take up the Bible with the family. That could be whoever lives in your house or nearby. Over the last 12 years, we've tried all sorts of family Advent programs when our kids have been all different ages. In December, it's tradition for us to press pause on wherever we're up to in the kids' Bibles and work together on reading the Christmas story. I reckon it would be great to share ideas together in growth group or with friends about how we're intentional with the Bible in our families. And here are a few ideas that we've tried over the different years. One year, we tried a Jesse tree. That's getting an ordinary branch in a pot that represents Jesus coming from David's family line. And then you hang little ornaments each day that tell the whole story of the Bible, that Jesus' birth is the culmination of God's faithful promises and protection. A helpful advent for little kids has been the calendar that goes with the Christmas Promise Book. This is published by the Good Book Company, who I think do a good job in this space of advent programs tailored to different ages. When our children were very small, it was enough to read the Christmas stories in our picture Bibles. Another time, we just read small sections from Luke's Gospel. I do love an Advent calendar and the fun of turning over or unpacking the card each day. One flap, three kids, can be a little tricky, so we usually take turns or we have a few different setups on the go. A picture to turn, a figure to add to a scene, that sort of thing. One year, we made crafty decorations for each Bible passage, tiny angels and a pregnant Mary and Elizabeth. Another time, we coloured a small picture each day. Well, you know, most days. 
Given there's a few late nights in December, some Bible times are very brief. Over the years, the format has changed, but the tradition of reading together has remained. And the familiarity of the characters and the certainty that God will bring his promises to completion in Jesus is the tradition that I want to keep for our family. I think Christmas is a good time for a memory verse. I mean, every time's a good time for a memory verse, but especially at Christmas. Like catechism, they help cement in our minds, adults and kids, the certainty of the things we're remembering. A good one is Luke 2.10. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news. It will bring great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Okay, so church, Bible, the third tradition is stories. I've collected a stash of Christmas books and these have also found their own tradition coming out with the Christmas tree. I love Wombat Divine, Just Nicholas, Song of the Stars, The Best Christmas Pageant Ever, and I still can't read The Christmas Miracle of Jonathan Toomey without getting teary. I also love nativity sets and the retelling of the Christmas story that kids can do themselves. I wonder how this tradition will evolve as my kids get bigger. I hope we can continue to compare Christmas stories and maybe Christmas movies to God's better story, the real joy and hope in Jesus. Fourth, activities. Most people have something they do regularly at Christmas time, even if it looks different year to year because, you know, households change, schedules change, our interests change. I don't want to be stuck in tradition for their own sake but use them to help point to Jesus. Maybe for you, it's making and giving gingerbread or Christmas cake or playing carols, decorating the tree or hanging some fairy lights. These things excite our senses and our sense of anticipation. Maybe these stones help us say these things are good because God is good. He has come to bring us to himself. He will come again. Last year was our first Christmas in our new house. Hundreds of people walked past our house looking at Christmas lights. We dug out some mini candy canes and one child was especially delighted to give them out to people as they walked past and wish them a happy Christmas. The kids thought of lots of ways we could show on our house the better Christmas story. The memory of that is a reminder to me of how many lost people there are in my neighbourhood and a reminder to pray for them. Finally, generosity. By God's grace, may our God-shaped traditions, whether they're many or few, show us the hollowness of consumerism. Being intentional, maybe we can make some space for tradition of thankfulness or of giving to others, and I sure have room to grow in this. For a few years, we've tried to encourage our kids to earn cash from us for giving away, and together we've chosen a gift from a catalogue for a family in poverty. I wonder how my gifts and cards, meals and festivities Encourage love of God, not love of self and stuff, and be stones of remembrance for the grace of God in my life, in my family's life, in your life. All these good things have the potential to become beautiful traditions when we remember the cause of our celebration and give thanks to the giver. So when our children, our grandchildren, our friends, our family ask us, why are we hanging this or banking this or reading this, we can tell them, Our God is the mighty creator of everything that is good. He sent his son Jesus into the world to live and die and rise again to save us from our sin. He lives and reigns eternally and he is with us now 
We can enjoy these good things and we can stand firm in the hard things because God is with us. Emmanuel. Happy Christmas. Check the show notes for books and resources. Listen again to Season 1, Episode 6, where Steph had some great ideas and inspiration for a Christmas that's all about Jesus. And please join us next time as Candace, Kath and Jill tackle the Santa question. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Talk for 12. For the show notes and resources of this episode, or to email us, visit the podcast website at oechurch.org.au forward slash talk for 12. That's the number 12 in numerals one, two. Thanks for listening. We hope you join us next time.